I'm not touching that. (laughs) (laughs) And that is your Friday Night Rewinds. Drew. Yes. I just want to talk real quick about our timeline here with the Vampire Diaries. Okay, so I was talking with my friend Chelsea, my, my co-worker Chelsea, and she was like, so are you guys like watching multiple a week? Like, what are you all doing? And I was like, oh, we're only doing one a week. And she was like, girl, you know how long it's going to take? And I was like, yeah, it's not that bad. She was like, no, like really think about that. Like, you're going to be watching that thing for the next 10 years. And I was like, wait a minute. If we do Vampire Diaries every week, that's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. There are eight seasons of 21 episodes. Dude, we are going to be done in three years at this yeah. point. We got we to gotta speed the shit up a little bit here. I don't know. I'm not big on commitment. This is why I'm single. Like, I don't know if I can handle three years. Maybe we can do two episodes a week from now on. Like, maybe we need to, like, step this shit up a little bit. Well, we can take this. We can take this speed up until, like, season one, per se, for example. And then we can even pivot to something else if you just want to go, if you don't want to go past season one. And we can no, no. I mean, we got to finish this because I have a feeling like people are going to be committed. They're going to want to hear. Obviously, people want to know my opinion. I am just so great to listen to. People just love me so much that they're going to want to know what I have to say. So I feel like we just got to keep going. But I just want to make it clear that I'm a little worried about our timeline here. I don't know if I can handle like the idea. I'm thinking about this right now. Do you know how old we're going to be? We are going to be almost 29 years well, old. Imagine if we had been Doctor Who. Bruh. Bruh. Because that's still on. I'm still rolling. Like, we would, be, we would be watching that for the rest of our lives. Like, I don't know. We, maybe we got to pick something up on the side. Maybe we got to do two episodes a week. I don't know. We got to figure something out. But this is like, this timeline is stressing me out a bit here. We'll take it uh, as we go. No, with that being goes. said. Well, that's true. And we could talk about like how this first episode goes because I have notes. So fun fact, fun fact, I have this notebook. Okay. And I have, I have, I have the bad habit of like seeing a pretty notebook in a store and buying it because it's pretty. My sister's like that. Yeah, I can't help it. And at some point in my life, I got this notebook. <laughs> For those of you, I, I don't like at home. It says a uh, wild heart on it with a heart. And the print is like, I don't know. It's like some sort of plants. Maybe uh, it's a very much a little girl's notebook. And I found this notebook in my house. And I was like, you know what? Let's start using some of these notebooks. So Vampire Diaries got its own notebook. Because I guarantee I'm going to fill this thing. Corey, you've missed an opportunity with that. <laughs> or even what you just said. You missed a joke. Vampire Diaries has got its own diary. Uh, they do. There you go. See, you said the joke. I don't need to say the joke because you got it right there. You're going to include it. You're going to make sure they hear the joke. It's just like how last week I was like, he's going to eat your heart out. <laughs> okay. So, Drew, I am worried that I'm going to get canceled for this. Okay? Oh, no. Let's but, hear it. Let's hear it. I'm excited. But <laughs> I liked it. Okay. I did like it. But it's hard not to make fun of it. Yes, and that's true. Yes, that is true. But give me your, give me your, keep going. Let's hear. Let's hear. All right. So I did like it. I do see myself liking it more and more as it'll go. I'm sure I'll be able to take it more and more seriously as it goes. But the writing, I mean, I wrote down some of the times that I thought the writing was so fucking funny because it was just so bad. 
like I I just I can't and then there's like this there's a lot of things that like I was like what is happening right now and I honestly like the vampire part was not even the unbelievable part the other parts were the unbelievable parts like such as well I don't know how if we want to get into this now but like the party at the mm-hmm. end if those kids live in a small town and they have said that they do this party every year and there's drinking and potentially drugs. You're going to tell me the parents and the cops knowingly let their children have this party every year at the middle of the forest? Yes. No. No, they would not. <laughs> that is so unrealistic. They would absolutely not. You didn't grow up in a small town core. You don't know the culture. Okay, Drew, tell me how many parties you went to in high school at the park. But they were there. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's like the whole high school was there. It wasn't even just like, oh, it was like some of the senior class that were friends, whatever. It was like the whole high school with a bonfire. That is, Smokey the Bears should be out there right now. Like, you guys got to put this shit out because you're going to catch the whole forest on fire. Like, I mean, they are, they are really not literally playing with fire. They are children drinking smoking pot maybe doing harder drugs because jeremy's got a problem and then they've got fire and then they're near water because they're at the falls oh my god it's a miracle that the worst thing that happened was vicky got bit by a vampire that's the that's the miracle there okay so i wrote a pretty good synopsis here um all right so the show opens with stefan saying for over a century I have lived in secret, hiding in the shadows, alone in the world. Until now, I am a vampire, and this is my story. Did you like my Stefan impression? I, I, this, it needs a little work, but I feel like I need to have to go. I gotta, go. I gotta get more dramatic and more like raspy and low. A smolder in there too. Yeah, yeah. Drew, let, let's hear your smooth jazz. You, you do it. You do oh, no. jazz. oh no! <laughs> I'll show you the lines here. You can read it from the paper. It's just I, I, I don't think I can. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> For over a century, I have lived a secret. I lived a secret. You're using your sick voice. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. So then the scene cuts to this couple driving home from a concert, and they run into a bunch of fog on a back road. And the girl even says, like, what's with all the fog? And I bring that up because later we do find out that apparently Damon has the power to summon fog. That's just one of the powers that vampires have. I don't really have a problem with that, to be honest with you. Like, it's whatever. But it's an interesting one, <laughs> to say the least. Like, <laughs> oh, what, you, what can you do not you're a vampire? I can summon fog. I can make the weather change. Like, that has nothing to do with being a vampire. But anyway, so right before that, they hit someone in the road. And the girlfriend tries to call 911 while the boyfriend gets out to check the person. But it won't ring through. And we get the tiniest glimpse of this ring on this person's body before this person, like, reaches up and, like, bites the boyfriend which i bring that up because that ring comes back later the girlfriend gets out to tell the boyfriend that she doesn't have signal that he's not there anymore and suddenly his body is dropped on the hood of the car and the girlfriend like screams and runs away before something gets her which we can assume is a vampire (laughs) now i want to also say that this the first part of this episode a lot happens and it goes on for almost what feels like 20 minutes before the very first commercial break. Yeah. So if I feels like I'm trying to fit a lot in the summary, like I kind of decided to break it up by commercial break, but it's like a lot happens before the first commercial break. So 
We flash to Stefan watching the sunrise, giving this monologue. I shouldn't have come home. I'm trying. I'm working on it. Okay. Let's hear my throat here. I shouldn't have come home. I know the risk, but I had no choice. I have to know her. Which, who is her? You know, obviously, I know now who her is, but, like, yes. they're trying to, like, make you think, like, who is her, you know? And I will say, the one thing the show is doing a pretty good job of, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It's just a matter of, like, the, they're doing it. They give a lot of, like, foreshadowing mm. to everything. And sometimes it's a bit much, but sometimes it's kind of cool. So, I don't know. It's like I said, what are you, you, like it, what are you like picking? It. What are you picking up there for? Like, foreshadowing in terms of in the episode or what you're imagining they're going to bring back in the story later on? In that episode. Like, within the episode, a million and a half things were foreshadowed to. So far, in the first three minutes, we have foreshadowed fog, the vampire's ability to summon fog, a ring, and her. That's four things. Maybe three, if you count vampire and fog as the same. But you get my point. Like, that is literally, like, three things. In three minutes. That's a lot of foreshadowing. That's great. So if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. You know, it's it's whatever. I, I kind of like it sometimes. I kind of don't sometimes. Like, I like it when it comes to the crow. I thought the crow was a nice touch, which I'll get to yeah. that. But I feel like, and the ring was a nice touch. But I feel like this monologue, I don't know. This is getting a little little much. Not I'm not really with it. And then he just casually... Just, he just casually jumps off the roof of a second floor on his house. Like, he's got a two-story house. And he just casually just, like, whoop, pops right off. As you do. As you do. <laughs> well, so apparently, I haven't watched it yet, but apparently that clip of him just casually, whoop, pop it off, <laughs> is in every single opening scene of the Vampire Diaries for the rest of the season. Did you know that? No. Yes. Like, it's every time they're going to do the Man. little opening. The little opening of like the little Vampire Diaries song and like the Vampire Diaries. It's going to be a little pop. <laughs> mm, we'll see if that holds up. We'll see. Okay, well, it's definitely in the next one for sure. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, so he just casually pops off, like I just said. And then we jump to Elena writing her diary, which I think it's funny that she's casually, right before the first day of school, not rushing about. Like, this is very on par with like what we saw of teenagers going to high school during this time period. Like, in my mind, because of TV, I thought I would be doing that shit before high school every day in the morning. I thought I'd be sitting there, chilling, having a good day, writing, you know, in my little journal, whatever. It would be light out. I'm just chilling. Meanwhile, in reality, I was waking up at like 6.30 a.m., rushing to get ready in five minutes and getting out the door immediately. Like, it was not. It was nothing like that. But. I mean, in high school, yes. Yeah. yeah. So she's just casually writing her journal and she's trying to hype herself up. She says that she'll smile and she's going to make it believable. And we learn immediately that her parents are gone and she doesn't want to be like the sad little girl who lost her parents anymore. And she wants to start fresh. And she says that to being someone new is like the only way she thinks she can really make it through, which honestly, like this is where I start to say, like, I feel like Elena's story and Jeremy's story on their own between his drug issue and her parents dying and her being in the car when it happened, like. They could have, that could have been the whole, like, show. Like, it really could have just been that. Yeah, it's a lot there. Yeah. And they are doing a really good job of portraying that, honestly. Because even later on, there's scenes where I was like, that's, that was good. You know? I do know. I know more, <laughs> I know more actually, but go on. 
So we go downstairs to the kitchen where a very young Aunt Jenna is attempting poorly to get Elena and her brother ready for school. We learn that Aunt Jenna is defending a thesis, so she's probably like a PhD student herself. And she clearly has no time for teenagers. Uh, so after Elena tries to ask her brother how he's doing, we get a little peek at the TV in the back where it's talking about the couple. It's like a new story of the couple that the vampire ate. So it's, again, kind of a little bit of like bringing that back in there, a little bit of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. We cut to being in the car with Elena and her friend Bonnie. Now, this this little this little piece, okay? I don't know if you watching it for the first time or even the second time really listened to what they were saying like how how much do you remember about what they said as soon as they cut to them being in the car how much do you remember about that i mean off the top of my head right now not a lot but or or but as you say it it's gonna come to me okay so elena is disassociating looking out the window okay she's like having her sad girl hours okay yes and she's just like not with her and bonnie's talking about how her grand grandma yeah her grandma in the salem and she's a sidekick yes potentially so she thinks she's psychic. what is what bonnie says is you know my grand says that we're from salem you know apparently and we're psychic and she says quote put this woman in a home already <laughs> what what like okay let me tell you about where we come from and our family history and her reaction to being told Anything remotely interesting by her grandmother about their family history or anything is like, put this bitch in a fucking home. God knows how much longer I'm going to listen to this shit. <laughs> like, what? Well, because she's implying something there. And that's what she's talking about. Putting her, her in a home. Like, she's crazy. She's crazy. Okay, I get it. But also, like, that line is what I'm talking yes. about. I was like, the writing in this is just so, like, there's another lady, I'll like, another example later that I'll bring up. But, like, that's the first time that when I heard that, I was like, well, <laughs> so Bonnie jokes that she's predicted some things before, before calling Elena out for being, you know, her little sad self. And she asked Bonnie to predict her future then, you know, jokingly. And right before Bonnie can say anything, she slams on the brakes because what they assume is a bird hits the window, which honestly, they're not only lucky that the bird didn't crack the windshield. Oh, absolutely. And, and two, <laughs> that there was not a car behind them, in front of them or around them. Because right. when Tokyo skirts, she skirts. <laughs> She's like right <laughs> all the way to the side. <laughs> and she like damn near slams into a parked car. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. Have you hit a bird before court? No. I'm not saying that that was an inappropriate reaction. I'm just saying she is lucky as hell. There was no other car around. Yes. <laughs> That's true. That's and, true. And then, and then again, this is where the writing's kind of bad. She says, <laughs> she says, oh, like they basically understand, like, oh, they thought they hit a crow. Elena, she's, Bonnie's apologizing to Elena for this happening. Elena says, I can't be freaked out by cars for the rest of my life. So instead of telling Elena that it's okay to have PTSD, she says, I predict this year is going to be kick ass. <laughs> that is what comes out of her mouth next. That is what she says. Now, Look, I don't want to hate on Bonnie too much because I actually think Bonnie might be my favorite character. Okay. But, and Bonnie does go on to continue to say, I predict all the sad and dark times are over and you are going to be beyond happy, which we love that. But also, like, I don't know. It was just kind of like they could have, they should have had given a what we know about there, like, like a breath. Yeah. 
Yeah. And honestly, Elena was in a car that mm-hmm. went into a lake where her parents died and she should have been hyperventilating. You know, she should have been yeah. having a massive anxiety attack. And right. she's just like, can't be afraid of cars for the rest of my life. And just like sits there and just says, I can't be afraid of cars for the rest of my life. Like so monotone. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. So, no, I did write in my notes. I was like, what do you think of Bonnie's prediction? What do you think? Are there, is there any stock in what, she's gonna say, in what she said in her prediction? Do you think it's going to come true at that point? No, absolutely not. She's just saying that because she's trying to comfort her friend, which is sweet and all. And like, honestly, I like that. I mean, in the sense of like your parents are going to die, they can only die once. So that's over. That's done. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> So is this your parents going to die once? I mean, those dark times are over, yes. But in general, no, the dark times aren't over. And in fact, later, Bonnie makes an actual prediction and says it herself that basically, like, it's going to get worse from here. So anyway, as the girls drive on again, the camera pans up to the crow that they hit, which is very much so alive, just perched on a street sign. So it's kind of like, ooh, again, that's the foreshadowing that I liked, you know? The, the, the crow and most of the ick. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so we cut to Stefan rolling up on the local high school with shades and a leather jacket on as soon as stare at him while he enters the building, which I just want to talk about how like he's a grown ass man, clearly a grown ass man walking into this high school pretending to be a student. And in reality, not only is the actor a grown ass man, the character is what do we say, like 162 years old. So he's very much so he is very much so a grown ass man, just casually like I'm going to go hang out with some kids. That is some major predatory behavior. Not only is it predatory in the sense of like he's a vampire, but I'm talking like the idea of someone who's 162 year old, 62 years old. That's like, yep, you know, it sounds fun. I'm going to go hang out with some 16 and 17 year olds. <laughs> so Elena and Bonnie enter the high school. And while Bonnie gossips about some girl's awful outfit. <laughs> Elena makes eye contact and waves at her ex-boyfriend, Matt, who just stares back and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly this bleach bond girl named Caroline runs up to Elena and just like hugs her, grabs her out of nowhere. And she asks her how he is or how she is. Sorry. And before Caroline, before Elena can even respond, Caroline looks at Bonnie and is like, how is she? To which Elena's like, Caroline, I'm right here and I'm fine. Thank you. So Caroline hugs her again and says, you poor thing. And Elena says, okay, Caroline. At which point Caroline says, I'll see you all later. And Elena looks at Bonnie and is like, no comment as they walk away. And I kind of wanted to really look at that real quick because Elena talks about how people are constantly asking her if she's okay. And then like doing stuff like this, like, oh, you poor thing. And I like that is extremely realistic. That is very realistic. And there's another line later like where I really want to get into this that Elena's when she writes in her journal. So I'm going to move on okay, because we'll, 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 we'll come back. We'll just put in this. Yeah. So we jump to Elena's brother giving out drugs behind the school to some girl while smoking pot. And I know this girl's now like her name is Vicky and she's Matt's sister, but we don't know this at the time. And the girl's current fling. And I say fling because we get the impression she kind of sleeps around a lot. She walks up. Her fling walks up and kisses her and he makes a comment that he knows that Jeremy is Elena's little brother, but he can still kick his ass, basically. Why are you looking at me like that? Go on. I'm, I'm, go on. Go on. 
I don't know why you're looking at me like that. So Elena and Bonnie pass the office and they see Stefan. And he's talking to the admin. Like, we don't really secretary. know. Yeah, like, officer yeah. yeah. We don't really. She could be the principal for all we know. We don't know who Fair. this woman is. Fair. And Elena and Bonnie are too far away to hear the conversation. But they're, like, looking at his back. And they're like, oh, he's got a sexy back. <laughs> and the admin is like, Stefan, you're missing paperwork. Like, no vaccines? <laughs> I just now was like, he's missing his rabies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Well, he yeah. is. Honestly, is he must be at risk for rabies. Think about it. I guess he's. Uh, but maybe vampires are immune to our diseases. I don't know. But now that I say that, that's funny. Could you imagine a vampire with rabies? That's terrifying. <laughs> so he's telling her to take another look, and he makes direct eye contact with her. He like lowers the shades, you know, and we get to see his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like look again i think you'll find everything that you need right there and she's like oh you're right everything i need is right here so we now have two powers we have fog we have the ability to convince anyone of what you want like by making eye right. contact with, with them now i will say if you like if you think about twilight vampires and twilight have specific like they can do specific things because that's their thing like we all have like a general like they can do all of this but some of them can do specific things too so I didn't know if this, like, I'm sure I'll know in due time, but, like, maybe this is, like, going to be something that, like, only Stefan can do mind control. I don't know. Maybe that's everybody to be a pirate. I don't know. So well, I actually had on my notes to ask you at the end, which we can address at the end, but what are the, what the characteristics of vampires that you picked up on in this episode are in terms yeah. of, like, the vampire diaries vampire. So. Yeah, I think it's better at the end because they honestly kind of have quite a few powers. So Elena sees her brother go into the bathroom, the men's room specifically. I want to highlight that because homegirl just <laughs> Rolls up in the rolls right in, <laughs> and she follows him in there. And we watch Jeremy like put in eye drops because he's trying not to look high. And Elena yells at him for destroying himself with drugs. So again, I want to highlight right here, like this, that in and of itself could have been the TV show. Like it really didn't have to yeah. include vampires. So I'm not mad that it included vampires. I'm not trying to say that because I'm like, oh, just leave it out. But like I'm just trying to say like the side story because there's story A and story B. The story B is super strong like it's a very interesting story b and i honestly kind of want to know more about story b sometimes than i do about story a but so as elena exits the men's room she runs into stefan and they have this like awkward little shuffle dancing you know trying to get around each other before they all go to class and we see elena stefan bonnie caroline and elena's ex-boyfriend matt all in the same class with the teacher who looks like he's the same age as the students and Elena makes eye contact with Stefan before looking away and smiling. And then Bonnie Bonnie notices that Stefan is looking at her. And she sends her a little text. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this brings me back. It was hot T, hot <laughs> E, staring at with the at symbol, at the U, yeah. just the U. But there was period still. It was like hot T, period, staring at you, period. <laughs> it was like early texting. We love it. So after school, Elena goes to the cemetery where her parents are buried to journal. And she enters the cemetery. We see the cemetery sign saying 1792. And I want to point that out because later Stefan says he has family there. Mm. So that kind of also alludes to how old he is. And we hear the crow call when she enters the cemetery. So that's another foreshadowing. And I was like, ooh, I kind of like that. That was good. So I'm going to make a note of that. (laughs) 
So as Elena journals about people asking how she is and how she lied to everyone that she was fine, a crow shows up. Elena writes her final line. When someone asks how you are, they really don't want to answer. Like they don't want to know your actual answer. And she starts talking to the crow. And this is where I said, like, we put a pin in it and I want to come back to it. Yeah. So as someone who has lost a parent, like, yes, I vibe with that 100%. People would come up to me all the time when he was dying or when, you know, he had died. And they would ask me, like, how are you? Are you okay? Like, what's going on? And it was like they wanted to gossip is mm-hmm. what it felt like. It was yeah. never really Actually like. Actually checking in. Yeah. Now, there were a few people who I knew cared about me and they wanted to know. But there were a lot more who didn't. I never thought they actually wanted to know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I more felt like out of obligation, more out of obligation than yeah to care. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't know, and I distinctly remember when someone from Center came up to me, and after he had died, asking how he was because they didn't know he had died yet, and it felt very much so like they just wanted to be in on the gossip. Mm. You know? Yeah. So. I, I feel like that's very accurate. And that's why I said I wanted to come back to this because I feel like the show is doing such a good job of displaying like what it's really like to lose your parents, especially if you are younger. Like, no, I wasn't in high school. I think Elena's 17. Am I right? 16, 17. Yeah, I think so. So I was 21, almost 22. So it's that is like a five year difference, basically. But it was still enough that like I was doing enough. I wasn't expecting to lose a parent that young, you know? So that's why, and I was still in school because I was in college. So it's definitely the same kind of vibe. And I just feel like they did a really good job of this. Like they actually know how to portray this, you know? So I'm impressed with it. This is another reason that I'm like, this side story is strong enough to be its own story in and of itself, you know? Which, when it kind of makes sense too, because as for the first episode, they're focusing more on developing the characters. And that's more of a character driven story Mm -hmm. and that specific story than the vampire stuff is necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's true. So the fog starts to roll in fast. <laughs> fast. <laughs> and then while Elena tries to shoo off the bird, she sees an outline of a man watching her from a distance in the cemetery. And at this point, I'm like, Twilight vibes. <laughs> Definitely Edward and Bella. <laughs> Elena runs away and falls into the tree, and that's when Stefan pops up. So she accuses Stefan of following her. And sketchy behavior like it's just happening like he's just so happy to hang out in the cemetery and he's like well i have family here which i said he says you know and she again another example of bad writing she tries to say sorry and she says quote it's the fog it's making me foggy (laughs) what you could have said anything else you could have said it's making me you know, discombobulated. It's making me disoriented. It's making me, you know, it's making my head a little unclear or, you know, anything. She said, it's making me foggy. Well, and that could have been written. That also could be a disconnect between how it's read and the writing. Because I could have wrote it to be a joke and it was read that it was missed. Uh, also, it's you not know, a jokey scene there either. So No. And so if they were trying to, jo- I don't know. Is this supposed to be funny? Like, are these supposed to be jokes? Am I supposed to be laughing? Not like we were to reference our last episode, Haunted Mansion. Not like that. (laughs) Not like that kind of laugh. No, I don't think so. But I mean, it is, I feel like, meant to lighten the mood a little bit occasionally. 
Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. You know, shows like Doctor Who or Supernatural do mm-hmm. do that, but they are for the most part serious. But I don't know. I feel like that was not, like you said, a moment that felt like it really should have been funny. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> so Elena and Stefan officially introduced themselves to each other because I guess at this point they've never even really talked. And Elena notices Stefan's ring, which again, the ring comes up. And it's eerily similar to the ring that we saw earlier in the show, that of the the guy from the road. And Stefan just calls it a weird family ring, which I also wanted to note that because that also is going to come up later. The Tinder moment is cut short because Stefan asks Elena if she's hurt because he can like smell her blood and mm. then like starts like his eyes like pop out of his head or some shit. It's his veins. <laughs> yeah, like why is his veins? First of all, his veins like. They're only from like cheekbones up. <laughs> His eyes, yeah. Like... But they're like gray. The the veins they darken. They go gray, and then his eyes just get all bloodshot. Like I don't know. I just thought it was a little funny. Elena basically rolls up her jeans to reveal like a little bloody wound, and Stefan turns away and is like, "Get that up!" He shudders. <laughs> As his eyes go like bloodshot, those weird veins that are like gray show up. And uh, Stefan tells Elena to go take care of her wound. And she's like, no, I'm fine. But when she looks up, he's just gone. So now we have another power. They're super fast, which I kind of assumed from the opening sequence where this vampire is just like out of nowhere, dropping out of the sky and shit. Like we we got the assumption that they're fast, that they're extremely strong and highly skilled. And now we have the like, mind control and control the fog. <laughs> And now at this point, after watching for what feels like 30 minutes, we have our first commercial break. So it was a lot before the first commercial break, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it was, they have a lot to fill in for that person. So they have to grab your attention. I guess that's true. They certainly did. But sometimes it was a little, a little funny. <laughs> we return from our first commercial break. Okay. Now, the only reason, I mean, truth be told, I'm not exactly sure these are the commercial breaks, but I'm guessing because it's like the screen goes black and it like yeah. seems like commercial break time, which would have been, I mean, it was a show on air in 2009, you know, so. Commercials for a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like streaming. So we returned to see Stefan writing in his journal saying that he lost control today. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me do my Stefan voice. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> lost control day. Everything I've kept buried inside came rushing to the surface. I'm simply not able to resist her. And again, who is her? I mean, I'm assuming it's Elena, which I kind of, I'm confident that it's Elena. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> it seems uh, like a thing for Carolyn. You never know. I'm going to come back to that later. I promise. Oh. That's actually like, I do want to talk about that. Okay, so cool. we 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 did go to Jeremy hitting on the girl he likes at a restaurant, okay, which she's working. And we learned that her brother is Elena's ex-boyfriend, Matt. So we now know that this is kind of messy. Jeremy, who is her brother, which I read somewhere. He's actually her cousin, but I, we don't learn that in this episode. So maybe that's not true. I don't know. So Elena's brother, okay. Elena's brother is into Vicky, who is Matt's sister, who dated Elena. It's like a square. <laughs> Now all we need to like spice it up a little bit more is to have Matt and Jeremy date and Elena and Vicky. 
Cora, you never know where this story can take us. I know. We don't know. We don't know. But, you know, I just, it's kind of messy, but it's a small town. So in their defense, it makes sense. What are you saying about us small town dwellers? Cora? <laughs> True. You're going to tell me you never dated your sister's best friend. <laughs> Can't say I made the lips. Oh, oh, my God. Okay. So. He's hitting on her, and Vicky lets Jeremy know, thanks for the drugs, but it was a summer flake. Okay? She says, and I quote, and again, the writing, okay? <laughs> you can't keep following me around like a lost puppy. To which Jeremy replies, when was the last time you had sex with a puppy? <laughs> what? <laughs> I ever say that to a guy? You're following me around like a lost puppy. And he's like, when's the last time you had sex with a puppy? I'd be like, we're done. You're done. <laughs> You're done. So Vicky shoes off this puppy, Jeremy, and walks away. So Caroline then enters this like restaurant that like is low-key a bar, but for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> with Bonnie. And is telling her in every detail that she's learned about Stefan and jokes that they're already planning their wedding. Okay. So we know she has a thing for Stefan. Elena is about to leave her house. Like, so we've just cut, like, the the scene jump a lot. So it's kind of yeah. hard to write the synopsis without it sounding kind of funny because it literally is like five seconds here, five seconds here, five seconds here, five seconds here, five seconds here. You there's know what I'm saying? There's a lot happening. It's a small town. Got I mean, I get it. It's fine. It's just the style choice is not very conducive for summarizing. So we jump to Elena about to leave her house and go out when Aunt Jenna proves yet again that she is not competent as a parent. (laughs) So Elena opens the door to leave and she is shocked to see Stefan at the door, which I would be too. I was literally going to say you said shock like it was an unjustified reaction. (laughs) (laughs) He apologizes for earlier at the cemetery and gives Elena back her diary. He tells her he didn't read it, to which Elena scoffs. She's basically like, why wouldn't you? And Stefan says he wouldn't want anyone to read his diary. And he says if he doesn't write things down, because she's basically like, you have a diary? Which you can tell that's like a turn on for her. (laughs) She's like, a boy that journals? Please. (laughs) And he tells her that if he doesn't write things down, that he'll forget it and memories are too important. Now, we know... Maybe we don't know he's a vampire yet, but I mean, if we haven't figured it out, but the weird date. <laughs> Could you imagine if we're like, he's a vampire? He's just sick, you know, he's fine. He's a little bit of an allergy. That's an allergy. Oh my God. <laughs> so we haven't figured It'll out. It'll be anything. rabies for all we know. That's not seen, clearly. Oh my God, Stefan has rabies. Oh my God, that's the tagline for this episode. Stefan has rabies. <laughs> that's what we should title this one. Vampire Diaries, episode one, season one. Vampire has rabies. Yes. Oh my God. Okay, so he says that he has to write down memories because they're too important. He'll forget them, which we can assume that this is interesting. And he pointed out because 
you wouldn't really have to think about it, but he still has like the human brain, I guess. So his memories, like he will forget them because human brain doesn't have the capacity to remember 162 years worth of stuff, right? So like, kind of makes sense. So it's also interesting that he did not keep up with technology and start like a Google <laughs> But you know, that's fine. Uh, you get set in your ways. I get it. He's an old man. Can't help it. So Elena goes to put her journal inside. She says, you don't have to stay outside or stay out there, but doesn't invite him outright in. So we now know in this world, vampires have to be invited in, which is very old school, you yeah. know, because in Twilight, Edward would just roll up and watch her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also kind of nice. Like you can rest easy knowing if you're in your house, you're safe. So just don't go out at night. <laughs> that was all your problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So he's stuck at the door until Elena returns and Elena ins- invites Stefan to come to dinner with her and her friends, which, I mean, I can kind of guess that like she's like sort of likes him by now, I guess. And that's why she invites him. But I yeah, but he- he's also the new boy in town. So like she can assume he doesn't have anything else to do. I guess because I don't know if I would have invited him. Maybe I would have. Maybe I would have. But I, I just don't know if I would have, you know. Yeah. You didn't grow up in a small town. That's fine. Well, it's also like this weird boy who freaks out at the sight of blood and pops out of nowhere in the cemetery and then shows up at your house with your journal. I don't know. I'd probably be getting some weird vibes. I mean, yeah, I don't agree. Not, not Elena. No, no, no. She's turned on right now. She's into it. She's like, please stalk me, please. So we jump to the restaurant where Bonnie and Matt are talking about Elena and Bonnie tells Matt that Elena's parents only died five months ago. So I want to make sure that we know it's only been five months because there's a scene later where I feel like it's important. So she's putting on a good face. Elena is putting on a good face because her parents only died five months ago. And Matt asks if Elena has like said anything about him to which Bonnie's like, you know, I'm not going to get into it. You know, just ask her yourself. Just give her more time. Suddenly, as soon as she says, give her more time, Elena enters the restaurant with Stefan and Matt looks at Bonnie in, like, more time, huh? <laughs> and then he leaves the table. Matt walks right up to Stefan and shakes his hand and is like, sup, I'm Matt. <laughs> and he's like, Stefan, nice to meet you. Because he's completely oblivious, as men are. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> but is he, though? Is he, though? I think Stefan's oblivious, yes. In but this in that, scene. In, this... in that moment, because we've established, well, I don't know if we've established it yet, but no, we have. He can hear them more than likely when he when he came in the area. We haven't established that yet. That's oh. at the that's the bonfire. That is at the bonfire. You're right. Well, the Smokey the Bear should have been at too. Yeah. And all the cops. Leave Smokey at this. It's fun. <laughs> so we moved to Elena, Stefan, Caroline, and Bonnie all having dinner at the same table, and Bonnie is interrogating Stefan when she asks about his parents, and Stefan looks right at Elena and it's like. My parents died. You know he did that shit on purpose because Elena, again, is turned on. <laughs> She's like, dead parents, me too, bud. Let's go. Dead parents club. <laughs> so Caroline asks Stefan if he knows about tomorrow's party and invites him because Caroline has the hots for Stefan. And Stefan asks Elena if she's going, which was like, ooh. <laughs> and Bonnie answers for Elena and is like, Of course she is. Duh. 
She's trying to help her out. Okay, we're here for it. <laughs> I mean, yes, I do like Bonnie a lot, actually. I think she so might back, be my favorite. Come back to your character. I'm going to interrogate your character. Okay. All right. So the story moves on to Stefan's house where we get a flash of Paul Wesley's abs for no reason. Another man just to do it. He's putting on a shirt for no reason. You know they did that shit because they're like, well, the viewers CW of the Vampire show. Diaries. Yes. The, the Vampire Diaries viewers are going to be little girls and they're going to be like, oh my God. It's like the same concept as when shows or movies are geared towards men and there's just like a flash of tits. Like, I don't know, it's just kind of tacky. I'm not with it. An early CW show. I mean, again, they CW have to is still, it. no, they still do that shit. I mean, yeah, you know they do. The yeah. Arrow, they absolutely do that shit in Arrow all uh, the time. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, anywho, we just get a flash of Paul Wesley's abs as he puts on a different shirt and Stefan's nephew, who we thought was his uncle, because he says something like, oh, I live with my uncle, but it's actually his nephew posing as his uncle because yeah. that would make more sense than it actually being his nephew. But yeah. what I'm confused about is how that's his nephew when he's 162 years old. Like, that has to be his great nephew. Yeah, but you're going to say, hey, great, great, great uncle Stefan. Like, <laughs> well, you could, but. Yeah, you could. <laughs> I don't know. Also, it's the fact that his whole family just casually knows about this and keeps it a secret. Like, He's damn lucky because I feel like if I told my cousin something like that, shit would have gotten out. I mean, he's clearly established as a figure in his life. So, like, he's like Uncle Stephen. I guess. So, and he has to explain why he hasn't aged when while poor Zach here has gotten older. Well, it's also like, I mean, I'm not planning on becoming a vampire. (laughs) But if I were to become a vampire, I probably would, like, Abandon my family and friends, you know? I wouldn't want to put them at risk of me killing them. This and TV core. I also wouldn't like, you know, if I don't if I don't age and I don't want them to know it, I don't know. I'd probably just become a random nobody, you know? I would be I would be like Doctor Who, you know. I would find random people along the way and then just dump them. <laughs> because you know that's what the doctor does. He low key just dumps them. I don't disagree. And they actually bring that up with Sarah Jane, if you remember. Yeah, he just left her. When, when she comes back. And yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. We got a little sidetracked here. It's hard <laughs> not to talk about Doctor Who. I think about Peter Capaldi all the time. And then Doctor, doc, <laughs> Doctor Who just pops in because of Peter Capaldi. <laughs> all right. So Stefan's nephew, uncle. Uncle nephew? How about, let's call him uncle nephew. I think his that name is Zach. His name is Zach. Yes. <laughs> All right, so Uncle Nephew Zach. <laughs> that is better. <laughs> Uncle Nephew Zach um, accuses Stefan of killing the couple from earlier in the show. Mm. And Stefan's like, what's the me, bro? <laughs> like, like <laughs> was a me? <laughs> and Stefan's nephew warns there are people at Mystic Falls who still remember. And I'm like, ooh, so remember what? Dun, dun, dun. Now that is foreshadowing that is not answered in this episode that I'm yeah. hoping gets answered later. I will say that. Dun, dun. So Stefan opens this mysterious cabinet that's full of old things, like all of his diaries, mm. as you guess what song plays? Uh, I know. And I noted it down and I was like, First, I was like, oh, why do I know this? And then I realized that the song was, was like, oh, my God. I know. We all were, like, obsessed with it after Stranger Things. But Vampire Diaries did it first. So as soon as that song came on, I was like, run out of that hill. 
Well, and I will say this too. Music, the music on the show is big. Like it is yes. iconic with yes. specific scenes and specific musics at that point. That's when I realized it's like, oh yeah, music's big. I'm gonna start writing down the songs. No, it is. And honestly, I forget the song they play at the end of the episode as well, but I was also like vibing with that one too. Like they do I I remember early TV. I don't want to say early TV because that implies like TV from the 60s, but early TV of our childhood was big on music like that. And they would play just iconic songs like that. I remember that being a thing yeah. now that I'm watching the Vampire Diaries, you know, because they don't more, really. There's more to come. I just feel like they don't really do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, Maybe except, they do. Except for things Maybe. like Stranger Things, you know. Yeah, so I still. know. Well, it's not even that. It's just not the same. Like, there was, like, five different songs in this one episode mm, or something yeah. like that. And, like, even Stranger Things just had, like, one or two songs for, like, the whole season, you know? Right. So it's just not, I don't know, I feel like it's not the same like it was. Like, it was more of a thing then than it is now. So he's uh, looking through his old things as Running Up That Hill plays, and he opens one journal to show a photo of who other than what looks like Elena. But under it, there's a name of the photo. It says Catherine. 1864 now i want to mention the fact that it says 1864 because remember i said the cemetery had a year on it yeah 1792 mm-hmm. that is a whole drew what is that 70 mm-hmm. no yeah 70 uh eight years later 1864 minus 1792 no that's 82 years later <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, I was like hold on, four, eight, eight and eight and two does not make four. Like, oh, Sorry, <laughs> two does not make four. So that's a whole eighty-two years later. So assuming that Stefan is from around seventeen ninety-two, like he had maybe potentially around eighty-something years of life before he even met this Catherine chick. Remember how old he is, though, like a hundred and sixty-something. So back go that back from early 2000s that puts him at about 1862. Okay, so then his family in 17 the graveyard is probably it's his parents, his, yeah, and grandparents. Was, yeah, it was like yeah. Okay, because I was like, I mean, you're gonna tell me it took 80 years to find the love of his life, but okay. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> Look, I'm on the same track. <laughs> I'm gonna be 80. <laughs> and then we have our next commercial break. So. I felt like that commercial break came a lot quicker mm. than the first one. But I think they were just like, oh, we played right up that hill. We got we to gotta <laughs> break. <laughs> so we're back in class. And I think it's really important that I play this scene because this is the scene that I was talking about when I said it's important that we remember that Elena's parents died only five months oh, ago. I know what scene this is going to be. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was shook. I was, I was shook teacher. too. Yes. <laughs> The teacher was on something that day. That yes. man was on some shit. So they're back at the classroom. And the teacher, like I have said a million times, has is on something. As he literally criticizes every single student for not knowing how many people died in a battle of Mystic Falls. Which these are students. They're there to learn. They probably don't fucking know. And he's just like going in on them for no reason. And then no, tells Elena, like, oh, well, your parents died last year, so get over it. Like, God. <laughs> the Battle of Willow Creek took place right at the end of the war in our very own Mystic Falls. How many casualties resulted in this battle? Miss Bennett, 
Um, a lot. I'm not sure, but like a whole lot. Cute becomes dumb in an instant, Miss Bennett. Mr. Donovan, would you like to take this opportunity to overcome your embedded jock stereotype? It's okay, Mr. Tanner. I'm cool with it. Hmm. Elena, surely you can enlighten us about one of the town's most significantly historical events? I'm sorry, I... I don't know. I was willing to be lenient last year for obvious reasons, Elena. But the personal excuses ended with summer break. There were 346 casualties, unless you're counting the local civilians. That's correct. Mr. Salvatore. Salvatore. Any relation to the original settlers here at Mystic Falls? Distant. Well, very good. Except, of course, there were no civilian casualties in this battle. Actually, there were uh, 27, sir. Confederate soldiers, they fired on the church, believing it to be housing weapons. And they were wrong. It's a night of great loss. The Founders' archives are uh, stored in Civil Hall if you'd like to brush up on your facts. Mr. Tanner. So, <clears throat> at least we had Stefan to, like, own the teacher. I said put him in his place, yeah. Yeah, I know. But, like, according to that teacher, who I think is named Mr. Tanner, you only get two months to grieve your parents, and then you got to move on with your life and just be normal again. So, I guess I'm shit out of luck. It's been almost four years for me. Out of line, <laughs> out of line, Mr. Tanner. So, we jump forward to this party. And this party, as I said earlier, is the most unrealistic thing, in my opinion. Mm. Now, Drew, I'm going to play this for you because visually this is important. I don't know if you remember this, but when we get to the party, Stefan rolls up and he's using his hearing to listen for Elena. There's a scene, like we're seeing all these characters doing different things. Yeah. Do you see the scene where he like, it looks like, though, like, hang on. Them. Tell me those aren't twins making out. There is like, it's like, I don't know, one of the many scenes of like him listening around for all the people and what they're doing because we now know he has super hearing as well. It literally, I have a note, I have a sticky note right there. It says twins making out? Okay. Question mark. <laughs> because what? Tell me that doesn't look like there's twins making out. It's just the hairdo of the times, Corey. Oh it's my God. Hairdo. I, I think mean... there were, t- I think there was twins. Making well, out at, I can at that say party. That is never confirmed nor allowed <laughs> in the rest of the show. So Good. speculate they, what you want. They don't want to address it. They know what they did. So he's using his special spidey senses to find Elena and he does hear her and find her. And we just like sort of get interrupted because Caroline approaches Stefan to make some moves. And Elena and Body chat near the fire. And like that's where he had found them with his hearing. So like we kind of go from him listening and hearing where they are and knowing where they are to Caroline interrupting that, you know? So Bonnie and Elena are chatting near the fire and Elena says Bonnie, Elena asks Bonnie to use her psychic powers to see about Stefan, like as a joke. And Elena hands Bonnie like an empty beer bottle to be her like crystal ball. But when Bonnie touches her, she like gets this weird thing, right? It's like a weird little psychic thing. And what I think is funny is that Bonnie, her whole life, apparently, has never had a single thing happen where she's been like, oh, that was strange. I just got a sense or something from touching this thing. 
But suddenly at this party right now at 16 or 17 years old, she gets it for the first time. I don't know. I find it a little hard to believe. They, you know, there, so there are some magic rules in magic fantasy world where powers don't kick in until a certain age. I mean, Graham didn't say that, but also Bonnie told her to put us, told us to put her in a home. So I don't know. Graham may have said like it won't kick in until this year. That's why I'm telling you this now. I don't know. But anyway, so she sees like something and uh, she we don't see what she sees, but she just kind of like gasps and she like runs off. She says she sees a crow fog and a man, but she like runs off and it's like, I'm just drunk. Don't worry about me. To which Elena is like, Bonnie, like you good, dude. Like, come back. I want to talk with you. But, you know whatever you know <laughs> just dropped of that so that so raven moment and then ran off <laughs> she really did so Stefan does find elena and they share this moment of intense eye contact while talking like they're like deeply gazing into each other's eyes you know they're having this beautiful little thing and then the camera pans to jeremy drinking and watching vicky walk off okay so Stefan says, Elena, they like do this thing where they kind of walk away, like they're walking towards like that bridge or whatever. And he's like, Elena is like mysterious and sad too, or whatever. Cause she's saying like, oh, you're mysterious. Like people are interested in you. And he's like, well, you're kind of mysterious too. You know, you got this sad thing going on. And that's when she explains to him that her parents died and she was in the wreck and that they went into the lake and she was in the backseat. When she's telling him this and she's looking at him, and she's explaining all of this. There's a level of I understand, like you're not going to cry. But there's also no emotion behind this at all. And I kind of take issue with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's fair. So, because maybe she could have cried. Maybe she wouldn't. Maybe she said it so many times she's numb to saying those words. You know what I'm that's saying? Like maybe she's yeah. been like, yeah, I was in the backseat when we went off into the lake and my parents died. You know, if you say that enough times especially if all these people are asking if she's okay and they're not really meaning it, like she says, you know, like how it really is. Like, yeah, you're going to kind of be able to spew that out and not say anything. But she's not just spewing that out right now. She's having a conversation about why she's so sad mm -hmm. as a person. And I, I just kind of feel like she should have, you know, even if she didn't fall and cry, you know, it's been kind of like, let me wipe, wipe my eye a little bit or something and like look away or something, you know? I don't know. Right. Yeah, add a little bit of emotion to it, yeah. So then the scene moves. And it's Vicky in the forest. And I know it was 2009, but the fact that Vicky is just casually almost R-worded, like it was nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. just happening. It's just casual. It's just yeah. like he's he's going a little too far. She's saying ow and stop. And like, we're just going to watch this happen unless Jeremy doesn't roll up. Now, Vicky is all like, oh, I didn't need you. I was fine and blows off Jeremy. But, you know. Jeremy's like yeah right you were fine like I'm you know I I want to I want to basically he's like I like you and she's like I think he said something like how am I worse than him and she's like because you want to get to know me mm -hmm. and that just makes me so sad for Vicky like her self-esteem is so low and she's so messed up right now from god knows what mentally like I don't know man I just I really, really, really want that girl to get therapy, you know? Well, something does happen to her here shortly. Well, yes. Yeah, when so caught therapy. When caught therapy. <laughs> but I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. So Elena explains, like, the Matt dynamic. We flash back to Elena and 
Stefan on the bridge again, and she explains to him that Matt and her were childhood friends that grew up together, and, like they owe it to themselves to try and date, which, you know, I don't mean to like expose you, Drew, but I kind of wondered if you related to that. Yeah. Yeah. So again, Corey, you didn't grow up in a small town. <laughs> that is the culture. That's all you have to say. I mean, no, that's exactly, yeah, no, that's exactly the, the vibe of how it happens. How it happened. Yeah. Me. I feel like when you date someone like you're really good friends with for a very long time beforehand, you want it to work so bad. And I don't know, I feel bad that it doesn't work because he's like, so it doesn't work. She's like, well, you know, my parents died. But then like he kind of digs a little deeper and basically is like, it wasn't, they find out it wasn't right. it was deep passionate. Deep. Yeah, which is kind of, I don't know. I can see what maybe it's not passionate, but it's also like, I don't know. I feel like we're, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, romanticizing this whole like scary bad boy, like mm -hmm. could kill you at any moment kind of deal as passionate. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily passionate either. It It's like intense. That's what that is. Right. It's yeah. not passion. Passion is like when you genuinely are just so strongly in love with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. hold on to that hold on to those definitions as you go forward with this i don't know that i just feel like i could be passionately in love with someone that is not potentially going to kill me <laughs> you know that's a healthy understanding to have <laughs> but you know how it is with these vampire stories we all love a good little live on the i edge thought you of. were gonna say you know how it is with those <laughs> Peter Cavalli type in this world. They'll never hurt you. I thought that's where that was heading. Yes. Oh, man. God, if only. So Vicky is alone in the woods after she runs away from Jeremy and is like, you know, you just want to get to know me and like screw and screw and screw or whatever, which I felt like that was more metaphorical than literal, you know? So I thought that was interesting. But anyway, so she's like in the woods probably fucking wasted right she's probably drunk she's probably high and all of a sudden she gets attacked by none other than a vampire now Corey, I, an animal <laughs> i know because i've seen the episode that it's damon who attacks her but everyone else kind of like assumes it was stefan mm. and i think we're meant to assume it was stefan and at this time i got again twilight vibes and I was like, you know what? Elena kind of gives me Bella vibes specifically. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I like it. <laughs> so Matt confronts Elena about Stefan. and says like, he's basically like, I'm not going to give up on us. Because something happens to Stefan when he's on the bridge where he suddenly has <laughs> the rabies attack again. <laughs> the weird veins and the eyes. I'm familiar. <laughs> it really isn't clear why. Other than maybe potentially he smells the blood from the attack of Vicky because maybe it happened right mm. then or something. I didn't look at it. It's true. Yeah. Because otherwise, I don't really know why. Out of nowhere, it's just suddenly like. <laughs> well, he's, lo he's losing control. I didn't think of it that way. I felt like when he's losing control with her, it's like he's having a hard time not being like, are you Catherine? You know, like. Mm. But anyway, maybe I'm wrong. So he, he has a moment. He's like, I'm just going to get another drink, you know. I'll see you later and like runs away and she's like why are you leaving and so she's walking around kind of trying to find Stefan when Matt rolls up on her and is like I don't know what you're doing with him but like listen I'm not giving up on us so I won't give up <laughs> on 
<laughs> so while Stefan's hiding from Elena, Caroline comes up to Stefan and is trying to get her to go, trying to get him to go to the falls with her. And when I say he shuts that shit down, he is like, you and me, it's not going to happen. Sorry. That is verbatim what he says. And I was like, oh, God, that was so aggressive. Now, I will say we do appreciate kind of like a forthright, like not playing games. But I will also say that was kind of aggressive, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a bit. It a was. Bit. Much. To be fair, though, that wasn't his first interaction with her. Like, it'd be one thing if she just came up to, some, to him for the first time and then he's like, it's not going to happen. It's like his third time interacting with her and they had dinner together. So he kind of understands the dynamic a little bit. And so he's going to go ahead and shut it down. I mean, yes, like, but I feel like he and we, w- we wouldn't necessarily know, but I feel like they would have brought it up before if he had. Like, this is the first time he's telling her no. Mm, that's true, too. Yeah. So it's a bit much for the first time. If this was, like, the sixth time, I could understand him being like, look, you and me, never going to happen. But no, that's that's not what this was. This was the first time you and me, it's not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah, So. true. Of, which we'll come back to that, too, okay? Because, like I said, I've been keeping this pin in this Caroline Stefan thing because there's one particular part later that I'm going to play the clip from. And I definitely want to talk about it. So Stefan and Elena have basically just started like they're going to talk again when she looks over and sees Jeremy is too drunk and potentially high and not sure and runs off into the woods after him because he's trying to find Vicky, I guess, who ran off into the woods. And she basically tells Stefan, like, don't worry about coming after me unless you want to see this, which you don't. Um, So. He trips while she's chasing him. And who does he fall literally on top of other than Vicky, who has been uh, bitten by the vampire. Um, And she's still alive, shockingly. I thought they were just going to kill her. I really was not expecting this. I will say they did trick me. (laughs) (laughs) So she wakes up pretty much when he falls onto her and... They go get her help. I think Jeremy is the one who initially carries her out of the forest, but I'm not really he sure. Is. I don't really no. remember. Yeah, it's him. And I know they put her on like the picnic table mm-hmm. and they're like trying to figure out what to do with her. And somebody calls 911 and Matt runs over because it's his sister and immediately sees, looks up and sees Stefan in the crowd turning around and walking away. And you get the vibe that he's like, I don't know. He doesn't trust him. He thinks something's up, you know? And I think it's, interesting but also like i get it stefan is behaving very strange you yeah. know soccer vibes with elena walks away as soon as he sees someone in trouble you know it's kind of weird it's a small town and he's the new one to the small town this stuff wasn't happening before stefan got there so we switch to stefan's at home now like he basically like, runs home all right and he busts through the door and uncle nephew zach is rotational feeling a little <laughs> spicy today and he's like, yo, what's with these animal attacks? Like, I thought you weren't eating humans. And he's like, it's not me. And I don't know. When I when Stefan says, like, it's not me, I got to figure out who it is. It was the most nonchalant, like, I do not want to have this conversation with <laughs> you. Kind of like, it's not me. I'm going to go figure out who it is kind of shit. Like, he is like, just leave me the fuck alone. Like, and I get the vibe. 
that he's extremely annoyed with Uncle Nephew Zach. Like, I just feel like he's not he's not a fan of having him in his life sometimes. I'd say not, because imagine I mean he's what 160 something years old, Uncle Nephew Zach. Yeah. His thirties or forties. Yeah, I think he's in his forties. Uh, I would have to guess that Zach is forties. And I don't know. I feel like I get it. But also, if he's willing to go hang out with some 16-year-old girl named Elena and is, like, trying to get in her pants, I feel like you need to be willing <laughs> to also be okay with a 40-year-old. Otherwise, you know, we can only assume that he is, unfortunately, a pedophile. <laughs> I also just kind of want to bring up, like, he's not, Zach is not bad looking. <laughs> <laughs> He's not great looking, but he's not bad looking. Just just want to throw that out there. Don't call me. <laughs> so he goes upstairs and we get the final foreshadowing of the crow. And Stefan looks around and sees his, I guess they're like uh, French doors to maybe like a balcony or something. Yeah. And they're open. And he sees who other than Ian Summerholder as Damon. Or and he's like, like, you know these people personally. <laughs> you know these people's names last week. <laughs> I know that Stefan is Paul Wesley and David is Ian Summerholder. Now you know that. You know that which you know. <laughs> no, I didn't know that a week ago. <laughs> Even earlier but, when you were talking about Stefan, you were like, and we see none other than a Paul Wesley. You're all holding them. <laughs> well, I may as well get in the habit, right? Because if I'm already like obsessed and know everyone's full name from like Doctor Who and Supernatural and Sherlock, like I may as well get into this, you know, in the same manner. It's just trying to be a fan here, Drew. Seven points. Seven points. <laughs> so Ian Summerholder, <laughs> who's playing Damon, is just chilling there. And he goes, Hello, brother. Drew. Ian Summerholder is not bad looking when he got older. In this scene, I was like, he looks like not a, a child. It's not a ba- the best look for him, no. No, he looks like a little boy. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> he is too young. <laughs> I don't know how old he is there, but the boy looks like he's 19. Uh, he's supposed to be like 19, I think. Maybe early 20s. You know, he could pass for it because he does not look like he's... I'm almost 26. He does not look like he's anywhere near my age. I see how old he was then. Hold on. At the time. It would be Ian Summerholder, 2009. 31. He was 31? 3? 1? Yeah, I did that math right. Oh, my God. How does he look so young? So wait, wait, how old is he now then? Yeah, he was born in 1978. So he was 31. Yeah. How old is he now? I don't trust myself to do this math now. 45. He's only 45? I guess that makes sense. It's almost 2010, so it's only been 13 years. Okay. Well, wow. He looks a lot better at 45. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a child at 31 years old. I thought he was like 19. I was like, mm, he how is old, too young for me. How old's Paul Wesley? 
he looks older. I honestly kind of thought he looked because I saw. I remember I said earlier he looks like a whole ass adult walking into a high school. I feel like he's probably twenty eight. Twenty seven. Yeah. See, I was close. I I knew he looked older. I, that's why I feel like right now, if I had to be like, oh, who do you find attractive? It would be Paul Wesley because Ian just looks too young. He just looks <laughs> like. I feel like I could be his mother. <laughs> I know that's dramatic. I could not be his mother, but it feels like it. Like I just, I don't know. I like. I mean, we have established that I like older men, but I. It's not even that. It's not even really the age that matters. You just need to look. Like you're an adult. You know what I'm no, saying? You love that gray hair, Corey. <laughs> I like really want to know what I like. I like salt and pepper. That's 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 what's up. <laughs> For the record, Drew is shaking his head. <laughs> I'm always shaking, right? <laughs> so we had a commercial break here. And we come back to Stefan literally asking 500 times, Damon, why are you here? Damon, why are you here? Damon, why are you here? <laughs> Why is he here, of course? The question was never answered. <laughs> right. Well, he answers it by saying, why are you here? Well, other than Elena. And then he says something like, maybe I could just go, you know, drink her blood right now. Or maybe you should. And that's when Stefan, like, snaps. <laughs> okay. He loses his shit. And right before that, we flip scenes. Because, of course, we do. Bonnie is talking to Elena again. And she's like, look. I'm not saying I'm psychic, but I just want you to know whatever I saw, it's just the beginning. And that's what I was referring to earlier when I was like, oh, well, she said herself later that it's just going to be, you know, worse from here, basically. So because you asked me something like that, right? Didn't you say like, oh, what do you you put stock? Do I think your predictions are real or something like that? I put stock in that one for sure. For no sure. Comment. No comment. <laughs> so we flash back to Stefan and Damon. And Damon says, referring about Elena, she took my breath away. Elena, she's a dead ringer for Catherine. Who is Catherine? Now, I know who Catherine is because I read that summary on the previous episode. Yeah. <laughs> but I would normally be like, who is Catherine? We know Catherine. <laughs> we know she looks like Elena. Because of that photo. And now Damon's saying she's a dead ringer for Catherine. So know that she was alive in 1864. So she's from Stefan's time slash Damon's time because they're brothers. When I say they're brothers, I don't think they're physically related. I think they're like vampire brothers, like not literal brothers, but they're brothers in the sense of they are now bonded because they're vampires. And I'm pretty sure the summary said that Damon changed Stefan, didn't it? I'm pretty sure. So they're brothers. Now, I know that they have like this weird relationship where they're not really on good terms, given the way they're interacting. And then they start to literally have a fight. And it starts by Stefan tackling Damon out the window. And I just want to address the fact that he literally goes through the window of the house. Like they break the window. Okay. Imagine how much noise that kind of makes. You're inside the house. Okay. And somebody goes through the window and lands on the ground out of a second story window yeah and then outside you hear men's voices talking slash fighting and then you hear this loud ass thud against the garage because you know damon throws stefan against that garage thing how long that took 
for Zach to allegedly wake up and hear it. That was bullshit. <laughs> because that that's the line. It's like Damon says something about, oh, he's stronger because Stefan's not on humans and that the, he has his ring. And the, we established the ring saves them from the sunlight. So we now know what the ring does. And then they start fighting really loud and he picks him up and throws him against that garage thing. And then that's when Damon says, oh, I think Zach's awake now. Why did it take so long? It was a joke. It was a joke. I think we woke him up. It it written as a joke, but not necessarily carried carried through as much. Yeah, it, it did not deliver. It did not land. Now, there's one little thing that I was thinking about that I've never really thought about before. I've never questioned it before now. And I don't know why I haven't. But, you know, the concept of vampires need human blood to be strongest versus animal blood it's kind of like the same thing as like when people are vegetarian or vegan yeah but there are vegans and vegetarians that like actually find a way to get their protein intake and are perfectly fine so why can't vampires do the same thing are you trying to break down the science of (laughs) vampires consumption maybe they just I mean, I would say given how few vampires there are on the world, I would doubt the macros of the vampires have been that studied. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> the reason why we don't have that data. Yeah, you're right. Yes. When you think about it, like, why can't... I would imagine, like, what is close to a human? Probably, like, a monkey or an ape or a chimp. And yes, but you're also going in terms of like the nutrients there. It could also just be like the quantity of it itself. Because he implies that okay. Stefan's been on squirrels and rabbits okay. and stuff. Okay, so then why squirrels? Why not go for a fucking moose? You don't know, you know what the hunting game is in this forest. Listen. Like, there's not moose. They're allegedly in Georgia, but it's also They're in Virginia. Whatever. <laughs> They're in Virginia. But it's very clear that they're Canada. Like I could absolutely tell they are in the north because in this they are. In this in this episode it is yes, yeah, it is very clear that this is in Vancouver. I know, and I know that they initially did because I talked about this. So they initially filmed it in Canada, mm-hmm. but I have an issue with that because school just went back. School goes back in August. You are not going to be seeing your breath in Virginia. It's going to be hot as hell. Fair. So I just have an issue with that. But anyway, so. Vampire science, macros, we don't really know why. I would like to know why you have to drink human blood to be strongest, but, you know. It apparently could be answered. It could be answered in the show, Core. Uh, you know. Again, given, this is episode one. You don't know how given the science your, Given your response, I'm going to say it's not answered. <laughs> um, I'm, a I'm a good actor. I took an acting class. I'm proud of you, Drew. Good for you. <laughs> this is why we're doing a podcast, because we're both hams. Exactly. <laughs> yes, and? <laughs> So here comes back to the next unrealistic piece of this of this show. I love how the vampires is not the unrealistic part, by the I way. I was going to say, this is the third time <laughs> you said that. Not once has it been the actual because magic. I can't, I'm not going to criticize the magic because this is their world. They created the magic. But in the real world, I can criticize that. You know what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. So Jeremy and Elena are chilling at this park still. And what is Jeremy doing other than drinking a beer 
and right in front of the cops two behind him and she's like last time i checked the people in the uniforms were cops (laughs) (laughs) and he's like whatever and drinks it and like tosses the beer to the ground and i just yes i understand he's probably at the point in his addiction that he really doesn't care if he gets arrested or not he really doesn't care probably what happens to him but i just like the cops letting him continue to drink you're gonna tell me they didn't see that because they absolutely would have yes but there's also a lot going on i don't know i really think i don't know i saw this just the whole party and drinking and teenagers and then this like it was just all a little too there's no way in hell it also feels very collegey like at this point Mm. why didn't we just make them college students it would have been probably more appropriate but anyway so then we go to Caroline and Bonnie, and they are at the restaurant, bar, cafe, whatever it is. It's a whole bunch at once. It is doubling, tripling. It is tripling. It's three different places, really. No comment. Its name is the Mystic Grill. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't remember it being titled, but I guess I don't think like, it has been yet. It may not have been yet, but that is what it is. I'm dead. Okay, so we're almost to the end of the episode. And I just want to play this interaction between Bonnie and Caroline because it's going to be very important later. But it's also something that, like, I I understand Caroline's feelings and sentiments completely. And I really feel for her. Are you sober yet? No. Keep drinking. I got to get you home. I gotta get me home. Why didn't he go for me? You know, how come the guys that I want never want me? I'm not touching that. I'm inappropriate. I always say the wrong thing. And Helena always says the right thing. She doesn't even try. And he just picks her. And she's always the one that everyone picks for everything. And I I try so hard, and I'm never the one. It's not a competition, Caroline. Yeah, it is. So, I feel that. I feel like every time I actually do like someone, they never reciprocate. But, you know, that's my own sob story. I'm not touching (laughs) (laughs) but it's also like I've you know I've been there where I've had a friend where it's like I feel like she always gets the guys and sometimes even the guy that I wanted and it's kind of like dang you know always happens and she doesn't even try and I've been there I've had that happen so I feel for her a lot I don't really understand because Caroline is like the epitome of what everybody allegedly mm. wants. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that they chose Caroline to be the character that really reflects this because in reality, the character would probably look more like me, you know? Yeah. Don't agree with that. No, I, I said, yeah. I thought, I thought you said, yeah. Nothing. It's <laughs> like, damn, Drew. Again, um, to quote a body. I'm not touching that. Yeah. The fact that she said, I'm not touching that. Like, instead of saying, you know, I don't want to talk about this or like, mm-hmm. it's not like that. She says, I'm not touching that. 
the end there though is really important because she says it's not a competition and caroline says yeah isn't it yeah it is and that to me means this is going to be a new frenemy kind of deal for the rest between of who the- between caroline caroline and elena, and, elena. Mm-hmm. and like i don't know i just get the vibe that there could be something like caroline might do something that's a little bitchy at some point to elena and kind of backstab her. I feel like they can come back and be friendly again, but I just get the sense that something's like that's going to happen. It's that's my foreshadowing prediction. So then our next scene is Vicky waking up in the hospital, and Matt's like, "Shh, don't talk, <laughs> don't talk." <laughs> Which I don't know why he's all he's the one who's whispering. It's like your neck was bitten. <laughs> So he tells her not to talk, but she's like still wanting to make it clear to Matt that what got her was, quote, vampire. All she says, vampire. Well, I feel like there's an important piece of information that she feels like she needs to pass on to the world. (laughs) Okay, but here's the thing. She's left alive. We obviously don't know how this works here, but like, does that mean she's going to be a vampire? I kind of get the vibe she's going to be because she said something does happen to her. It's not therapy, though. So, sounds like well, she's gonna be a vampire. I was more implying that, that she did get attacked. Oh, <laughs> but in Twilight, if you get bit and you don't die from it, you become a vampire because the venom is what changes you, like the saliva. Mm. It's kind of like the concept of when you get bit by a mosquito, a little bit of their saliva gets on you, and that's what you're allergic to, and you get like a bug bite. It's the same thing with like vampires in Twilight. Like if they bite you, the saliva gets in you, and that's what it does it. So in this, I don't know if Vicky's going to be a vampire, obviously, but if she does become one, then we can assume the saliva changes people to vampires as well. Otherwise, I don't know how else they would really decide to change someone into a vampire because like, I feel like you don't really get to choose if it's something else. And we, I'm confident that I read somewhere that Damon changed Stefan. So, you know. So if you make two quotes, I'm going to have to decide how, what I want my pitch phrase to be for this because that can be all river song spoiler <laughs> or i think it's all body now i'm not touching not that. touching that <laughs> you, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to change gears you're gonna have to make it i'm not touching that because that's not fair to our like the people i love the spoilers thing believe me but you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to do the the tvd <laughs> i'm not touching that all right so both stefan and elena at the very end here i mean we literally got like a minute left in the sh- in the episode are we're watching them journal, okay? And we see that they are both not only extremely sad people, but they want to forget about the past and figure it out who they were and everything that was and basically be brand new people. And they're talking about how you can't escape your past no matter what. And it's interesting because it's for very different reasons. And Elena, it was nothing was in her control with what happened to her. That nothing could change. Nothing she could have done any different. I mean, maybe she could have been the one driving that day, but who knows? They still could have gone off the bridge, you know? But with Stefan, we don't know his history, but he's a vampire. So I'm going to assume a lot of it was his fault. You know, whatever he's trying to avoid, probably he did make mistakes, you know? I'm not touching. <laughs> All right. So let's just play. Dear Diary, I couldn't have been more wrong. I thought that I could smile and nod my way through it. Pretend like it would all be okay. Some things we don't talk 
I had a plan. I wanted to change who I was. Create a life as someone new. Someone without the past. Without the pain. Someone alive. You can never say never. But it's not that easy. The bad things stay with you. They follow you. You can't escape them. As much as you want to. All you can do is be ready for the good. So when it comes, you invite it in. Because you need it. I need it. I will be your guardian. So what just happened in that little, like, I want to talk about this, is Damon and Caroline making eyes at each other. Mm. I think... And I'm going to make this call now. Okay. Okay. First episode in. Damon is going to use Caroline. He's going to date her. But it's quotes on date because it's going to be for how he can use her. Okay. And Caroline will end up doing something on behalf of Damon that will hurt Elena. Interesting. That is my prediction right now because she's vulnerable. She is in a position where she's like, nobody ever wants me. Why doesn't anybody ever want me? And there's Damon, who's, he's pretty. He just looks like he's five. He's pretty, though. And he's like, hey there, with his eyes, you know? Well, and he heard her. We know that. Yes, because he can can hear everything. Which also, how do you live like that, man? Like, if you can hear literally everything, you've got a lot going on all the time. You must be able to be like, turn it off if you want Mm -hmm. to, I feel like. Because otherwise, God help. So. At the very end, where I cut off the scene, Stefan shows up at Elena's house again, creepy as hell, and asks her, like, I just want to make sure you're okay. Are you okay? And Elena's like, you know, everyone asks me that all the time. And he's like, so what do you say? And she's like, I always tell them I'm fine. And he's like, but are you? And she's like, ask me tomorrow. And when I tell you that gave me Gone with the Wind vibes, Rhett and Scarlett, like, low-key love that. Although... I don't know why it gave me Gone with the Wind vibes. Well, no, it's funny because even, well, not Gone with the Wind, but it's more of with the time period that it's implying that Stefan lived in. Mm -hmm. But the Civil War and Southern Supernatural was also big in like the 2000s-ish, slash late 2000s, because you have this. Mm -hmm. If you read the series, slash watch the movie Beautiful Creatures. Oh, yeah, I read the book. It was also set in... Yeah. Or no, that that was in Georgia. Georgia, South. Yeah, it was. Supernatural creatures. Like, I guess, like, the antebellum era. Yeah. That's the United States just plays... I I don't wonder why that is, though, but it plays into the supernatural elements really easily. I don't know. Well, I know a lot of people have an interest in the wars that America has been in. A lot of them... Some people specifically like to look at things like only the world wars. Some people really like to know about the Civil War or the Spanish War or the Mexican-American War or all the other little wars that happened with Americans and while we were growing as a country. So I feel like some people 
just feel like it's a good setting to combine things like vampires or monsters because there's already a lot going on and it almost for some reason it almost seems more believable that someone could get away with being a vampire during that time than today sometimes and that might be why we also do it because when you think about it in the 70s I don't even want to say the 70s. Hold on. When when did we when did we officially develop DNA testing for crime scenes? Okay, 1986. Yeah. So people used to collect evidence for when we had DNA testing in the 70s. Like I know that was a thing because we knew we were developing it, but we didn't have it yet. So imagine murdering someone in the 70s unless you left a fingerprint and there was no video you could have gotten away with it you know there was no way to know like there is today and i feel like that's the same kind of concept of like a vampire would have a lot more trouble today with all the science and current technology that we have than they would have prior to 1980 so i don't know so then at the very end what does our little miss elena do she invites Stefan into her house. She literally says, would you like to come in? And he says, yes. And he goes in, hopefully not to murder her. And that is how we ended the episode. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I have questions. Uh-huh. All right. So I'm ready. what are the characteristics of vampires that you picked up on in this world? All right. So I officially know they can create fog. They can mind control. They're super fast. They have super hearing. They are super strong although they're stronger if they're on human blood they like there's another one they will turn to ash in the sun if they don't have their special magic ring on so it's not really a power but it's still kind of a fact about them yeah they don't they still have the same memory as humans so they have to like write everything down if they want to remember literally everything they potentially can change other people into vampires but that is to be confirmed and yeah, I think that's it. Did I get them all? Did you get mind control? Did you tell yes. Them? Yeah. I said that was my second one. Yeah, that was true. Then yeah, I think so. From what we from what you know right now, anyway. Yes. So like with the fog thing. Mm. Is that like a continuing thing? Like you can tell me. No. And that is a point of the <laughs> actually. Because <laughs> at least I think from my memory, he does that now. And that just drops off the face of the earth later on. It's never used to get after this. That ability. Literally so the only only it. the first episode? I think so. I think that is the only time that it's used. Wow. Disappointed. I think. I was know. looking forward to him controlling the weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, next side step from that. Who do you see as being a big deal in the show in terms of character wise? Who are the big who do you think the big characters are gonna be? I mean, obviously well, you know Stefan, Damon, and Elena. But yeah. outside of them, Bonnie, five thousand mm-hmm. percent. Bonnie's gonna be crazy influential. Caroline, I think at least in this season is gonna be. I don't know what's gonna happen to her after. I think Bonnie being like the best friend and being psychic is gonna hang around for quite a bit. Wait, pause, pin in that too. What do you think of Bonnie's deal in terms of is she psychic? What are her abilities? What is she? I think she's psychic. Yeah. I think that she's a bitch because she wanted to put her gran in a home. <laughs> but I do think she's I think she's a great character. I think she's interesting. I think she's genuinely kind and wants to do the right thing. And I always appreciate that. And I think that she is uh, a psychic. Okay. Continue. 
Bonnie, Caroline. I think Caroline's going to be important for at least this season. If I'm right and Vicky becomes a vampire, she will be important for a long time. If Vicky is not a vampire, she will only be important for the rest of the season, at least. Maybe not longer. Again, Matt, I think he's only going to be important for the next couple seasons, but not forever. Especially this season, because he's going to be constantly accusing Stefan, I'm sure, of being a vampire or something. And... I think Mr. Tanner, (laughs) the teacher... We'll have another appearance. The spicy teacher with an attitude. Yeah, he's going to show up. He's going to be on something else again later. He's going to be... I am I just feel like he's going to show up again. I guess part of me hopes he shows up kind of being a bitch again. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's what he's going to do. But I think he'll show up again. I don't think he's important. But I think he'll show up again. Okay. I think... Jeremy's important sorry I think Mm. he's important because he's in like the main story B and then I think Aunt Jenna will stay kind of where she is like she pops in to be a shitty parent and that's it (laughs) interesting so that's what I think and you kind of touched on it when we first started who's your favorite character right now you're thinking Bonnie who do you like and who do you dislike I guess I like Bonnie a lot I actually do kind of like Caroline but she's like a doomed character or like fated character i feel like she's going to have to fulfill a certain destiny because that's what they made her into and it makes me sad for her because i feel for her i also feel for vicky right now and i would like to see her have some growth in a positive direction but god only knows what's gonna happen to her and then i i have mixed feelings on alina she just she keeps giving me bella vibes for twilight like i just i don't know i'm kind of in between right now and as far as the vampires go i don't know they're just kind of (laughs) there well in terms of your bella vibes i think that i mean i have the most twilight experience but that Mm -hmm. could be the because i know they like shape stefan to be like edward i know really well to an extent but like they were probably playing to that audience of mm-hmm. the Twilight audience in so you can see Edward and Bella in mm-hmm. yeah I can and you just have to watch and see if that stays if that's part of their character or if that was just a ploy to get people into the show mm-hmm. you know I feel like they're gonna change it I feel like it was a ploy but it's ironic because I literally just said last episode that one of the writers was like oh I don't want it to be like Twilight why are you making it like Twilight then well and that that was interesting too that perspective of what of looking at it as i can see it now where they're setting it up to move outside of move into the town like where you Mm -hmm. said like they wanted to write more less of a high school story and more of a town story i see where Mm -hmm. they're already laying the groundwork for that Mm -hmm. me too actually and as i mentioned before i did notice a lot looking at it now where like i said i've been to the town where they filmed it so I know what mm-hmm. what scenes are iconic, what sets are iconic. Mm-hmm. It's so blatantly obvious that this is not the town that they stay in. Like you can yeah. see they made the effort to, or when you see the town they end up in, they made the effort to make it seem like, but they're like the street that they're driving down and the school itself, it's close. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have but moved. But it's not quite. They should have just kept it in Canada. I don't know. No, the rest... no it, was the be- it was a better choice. The <laughs> It was the, rest, the better choice. 
the rest of the CW shows are pretty much set in like they're filmed in Canada. Like I don't know why they felt the need to yeah, move this one off site. But anyway, next question. That was all I got. You answered a lot of them already. Uh, as you went through the as you went through your summary and your stuck points, I think. I thought I had noted anyway. What do you oh 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 wait, no, no, I was wrong. <laughs> the diaries are so I, I mentioned before, music's big on the show. That'll be something I'll try mm-hmm. and point out as we go. Iconic mm-hmm. scenes you picked up on running up that hill and that last mm-hmm. song at the end. Mm-hmm. Diaries, I mean, it's called Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. The diaries seem to also play a big portion in mm-hmm. the show itself. Do you think that's going to continue or do you think that's just to set it up as Vampire Diaries? So here's what I think. I love said, what do you think? And I said, so here's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> this was a book. And I can tell that. It was like a play on the diaries being the book, if that makes sense. It's like the stories. I don't I feel like I'm not saying it in a way that makes sense. I'm trying to say something to the extent of if you were to read the diaries, it would read just like the book reads. Yeah, because it's supposed to be kind of like you're reading the diary. And I feel like that was something that was important to the book. And I feel like they're keeping true to the book right now. And I haven't read the book, so I don't. I don't know, yeah. but I feel like in the beginning, they're going to keep pretty true to the book. And I feel like it's tied to the book. So I feel like I could see them deviating later on and it might go away from it. I feel like Stefan, though, I mean, he said that if he doesn't write it down, he'll forget it. But also he could just not care anymore or forget. I don't know. Maybe he goes to periods of time where he's just like, I don't got time to write that down. Like, I'm going to deal with it later, you know, and just forgets about it. I don't know. but. No, I think that they kind of might get away from it. I feel like with things like the originals, which that's obviously years away, they won't have any diary aspect to them. That's what I think. But I think that the rest of the vampire diaries could still be diary based. But I have a feeling, I'll be honest with you, I think the writers are going to get a little sloppy and I think they're going to forget to include it. That's what I think. I'm not touching that. And that is your Friday Night Rewinds.